When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. If Mary had a little lamb, you can bet she'd talk to her about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I can tell you who we are talking with on a Tuesday. John Heinberg, market advisor from Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll catch up with us on the last portion of the show to give us an update on what's influencing our markets this morning. How are you, everybody? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. Weather is going to be on a real roller coaster this week. Today, we're looking for partly cloudy skies, 53 degrees. Tomorrow, Clouds and 65, Thursday, 70 degrees with the possibility of afternoon showers. And then all of a sudden, wham, bam, Friday, we drop to 35. Saturday, no better than 33 degrees. Stumach's got our ag weather coming up. It's convention time for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Today on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute, we talk about the convention at Wisconsin Dells at the Chula Vista Resort, December 9th to the 11th, with Danielle Envick, Communications Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. And Danielle, it looks like uh, it's a program that's going to emphasize the whole rural area. Really, we're just focusing on that togetherness. We're excited. We've got a great keynote speaker coming in. We've got Zach Ducheneau, and he is the administrator with the Farm Service Agency at the national level. He's going to be talking a lot about the programs we can be implementing for resiliency on our farms. That theme of resilience is kind of weaving through throughout the weekend. We've got a number of good workshops that we're planning to talk about some dairy policy. We've got farm finances, some different USDA programs we'll be highlighting. And, of course, talking about that 2023 Farm Bill. That's the upcoming Wisconsin Farmers Union Annual Convention, December 9th through the 11th in Wisconsin Dells. Holiday season is upon us, and what better way to show off your creativity than taking those boring round rolls and creating fun, innovative shapes. Rhodes Bacon Serve invites you to participate in their Show Me Your Shape Roll Contest. To enter, submit a photo of a new shape for your dinner rolls, and you could take home a prize pack from Rhodes, including tickets to see Reba McIntyre. Entry deadline is November 18th. Full contest details can be found at MidwestFarmReport.com. Dr. Matthew Lazara is a meteorologist, faculty, and department chair for physical sciences at METC, and also senior scientist at UW-Madison. In both roles, he's part of the team of scientists that work with the automatic weather stations for the U.S. Antarctic program. With around 60 weather stations, they are observing surface weather across an area bigger than the U.S. and Mexico combined. Many of the weather tools that they use there can also be found on farms here in Wisconsin. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, Madison, this is Carrie Mess. He shares more about the research they're doing. We're trying to understand how the weather behaves in Antarctica. And that's been an ongoing project because it's something that just takes with such an underobserved location like the Antarctic. You know, we really, it is very, very sparsely observed compared to the United States. You know, if we showed you a map of the U.S. with all the automatic weather stations, it'd be so colored in. We have so much great, rich observing here. Antarctica, it's really, really sparse. You can go long distances with nobody and no observations and not even the weather stations that 
I'm doing. So that's one thing is just understanding how the weather behaves. The weather information is also put into numerical weather prediction models. In other words, you know, we have computer simulations that tell us what the future weather might be like. And that's rather valuable because that effort to have a computer simulate the future weather is a global endeavor. We just don't do it here in the background, <laughs> you know, um, in the U.S., just kind of figuring out what's happening here. You really need to know what's happening worldwide to get a good forecast. And so our weather observations are inserted into that process to provide that starting point for a simulation into the future. Now that we've been having this network for many years, now in its 42nd year, we can now start having an estimate of what the climate is like based on observations. This has come a long way from the days of the Farmer's Almanac. We're really using a lot of science and computer technology. So some of the technology that you're using in Antarctica is pretty similar to what we use here to observe our weather. Had fun digging into the history. In the 1950s, when there was a serious concerted effort to observe and, and establish stations in the Antarctic among a variety of nations in the ni- late 1950s, there was a big effort to try to figure out, can we get a weather station run automatically by itself? And it took until the late 1970s before some engineers figured out how to do it. Being engineers, they were happy to have done the work and then walked away because they really wanted to do other stuff. And a meteorologist here at Wisconsin took over the project, and he was actually doing weather stations here in Wisconsin, studying weather in Wisconsin, studying air pollution in Wisconsin. And so the technology then was homemade, homebrewed, unique, uh, special for the Antarctic too, right? It was military specified, you know, the kind of equipment you would put on um, some of the spacecraft that were being built in the 1970s, you know, like the Pioneer spacecraft and the Voyager spacecraft. Today, though, the network is primarily using the similar commercial off-the-shelf equipment that farmers may be using in their own, they have an automatic weather station of their own. So turned out some of those higher-ordered systems are able to be used in a lot of spots in the Antarctic. Not that we still don't use some of that homemade equipment. We still do. It's amazing how well that that older equipment has run and is still running very well in the Antarctic for 40 years. It was really meant to last. But we, we do use a lot of the same, that kind of same idea, the same technology idea. And that's one of some of my newer researches that we're actually starting to go back to. Instead of just using commercial off-the-shelf equipment, we're starting to get back to some homemade gear that we can really make use of, once again, tailored for the, for the Antarctic. But otherwise, yeah, a lot of the network is some of the same kind of thing. Many farmers are using apps to measure rainfall now. It goes right down to the specific field. The data coming back seems to be really accurate, but how do these apps know that a field that's only one mile or a half a mile away from another field got more or less rain? Yeah, it's a good question. So today, at least in U.S., we have a, a lovely network of weather radar systems that are very, very ubiquitous. There, there, there are lots of them. In Wisconsin, we have several. And they have technology capabilities in, built into them where they can, they're not only just watching the precipitation, which is what generally folks are probably doing, right? You probably have an app on your phone or you're watching it on the web on a computer or seeing it on the television where they show you the radar information. And, and it's generally the, the echoes of where they're there's likely precipitation happening or there's more precipitation or hydrometeors, as we like to affectionately call it meteorology, in the clouds. But that same radar, while it's doing that basic well-known thing that we all very much like looking at, it is also collecting information about how much, what kind of stuff might be falling out of that cloud. It's not perfect, these algorithms, but they're getting, they've gotten quite good, actually. And so what they're doing is that they're integrating through the depth of the atmosphere, from the bottom all the way up through the cloud depth, getting an essence of 
how much liquid there is. And so when you do that, you can estimate precipitation as a result. And because the radar network is, like I said, there's several, right? In Wisconsin, we have one in the Milwaukee-Sullivan area. There's one in La Crosse and the Green Bay. Add up this many in the air, you have good coverage. And because their quality of resolution return is fairly good, you can get fairly accurate maps of what the precipitation is like. And that's just one method. If you complement it with additional methods, so for example, some folks may in this community may participate. There are amateur and citizen weather observing networks around the United States. One of the well-known ones is the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network, Kokoros, where there are folks out there with rain gauges just collecting information, and there's actually quite a few of them. You know, there's several per county in some parts of Wisconsin, which is really great because it adds information to that collection. I participate myself. And so that really kind of helps when you get ground truth. Someone's got a rain gauge underneath those clouds in addition to technology like a radar that can actually provide that to you. It sounds slightly more advanced than my five-gallon pail out on the back patio that I yeah, look I mean, in to you know, see if it's got a lot of rain or a little rain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny. I have I enjoy te- when I teach weather and climate classes, I enjoy bringing up the different sensors we use to collect, you know, rainfall, like standard rain gauge, which is the one we use on Kokoros. It's, it's the basics. A lot of folks might have one. Whereas, you're right, there are fancier rain gauges, like you can get tipping bucket gauges, you know, which is what, by the way, an actual official observing location, like here in Madison or in Milwaukee, the surface automated observing systems that they have at those airports that's what they have built into them is a tipping bucket. It's an automatic system. It can automatically measure it. And you can get one of those if you want, you know, for your house. It's kind of fun to, to watch. They're, you know, 80 bucks or something like that. But there are – the agricultural community, I believe, has also used weighing bucket rain gauges, which is lovely when you have power, and, and you're, but you're in a remote area and you can't go dump it out. Um, I have to admit, I've never used one. My, like I said, my research keeps me in a place where we have snow problems in Antarctica. We don't have liquid precipitation that much, and so I don't really get into measurement of precipitation. That way we do it. We do measurements very differently and actually have challenges measuring precipitation in Antarctica, whereas here you can do neat things like that where you're like, well, I've got power and I can just get a weighing bucket. And it's kind of neat that that that's an actual device that literally weighs the rainfall into the bucket and and then it eventually dumps it out because it gives you a sense of how much you can convert that weight into actually how much fell out of it. So those are some of the techniques that are used to get that information. And it is amazing. You can get it pretty accurate, you know, right down to, to, you know, to your neighborhood. Circling back to your research, Matt, are you seeing trends in Antarctica that then filter up here to Wisconsin? Some of the early work done with the Weather Station Network and in some of the main U.S. uh, or other staffed stations where people are located, because that was what was early done, was first realizing phenomena that we talk about that are connected to us here in the Midwest, like El Nino. A lot of people hear about that, and they know that whether we have an El Nino or a La Nina year affects the kind of winters we have, for example. That kind of thing is happening in the Antarctic as well. We're seeing the similar impact, some of it in some parts of Antarctica very strongly. And so that's a noticeable thing. Another element, of course, is the change of climate. And in lots of other parts of the world, it's not uniform. Similarly, in Antarctica, we are seeing some spots of the Antarctic have gone through warming. We've done one study in West Antarctica, definitely saw significant warming over a 50-year period. It's funny, I did a study on South Pole Station about 10 years ago. Couldn't say that it had changed much, but now some colleagues of mine looked at the most recent 10 years in addition to the stuff that we worked with and said, oh yeah, it has. Some places we've seen not yet 
things are very flat for change. So it is interesting how dynamically variable, in fact, that's one of the things that's about Antarctica, it's very variable in its change. And so some of the same discussions we're having here, you know, like, gee, are we noticing it being warmer here in the Midwest? Are we getting changes in precipitation or storminess here in the Midwest? Those are the kinds of things we're starting to talk about in the Antarctic as well. Antarctica kind of lags a little bit behind our understanding of whether in the mid-latitudes where we live here in the you know, Midwest, because it's been well studied here, it's heavily observed here. In the Antarctic, we're a little behind on that. And, and so, you know, when I started working in the Antarctic back in the 1990s, weather forecasting, you couldn't really talk about a forecast beyond, you know, a couple of days. That's it. If you ask for a three-day forecast, I think the weather forecasters in the weather office at the U.S. main station would kind of giggle and say, we have no idea, you know. <laughs> Whereas today, you couldn't have that serious conversation with them about a three-day forecast or a four-day forecast, and they're happy to really chat with you because we have more confidence in that. Same here, right? And we now feel pretty comfortable chatting about five, seven, and you see a lot of folks on the television will put up a 10-day forecast because we have more confidence to be able to portray that. I'm not sure that the 10-day forecast and farmers are best friends. Though. No, it's <laughs> exactly. The further out you go, the far the more risk in it being accurate, right on. And there is a limit. It's one of the things I did do for some of my undergraduate literary background research was there is a limit on predictability. It's only two weeks. That's it. That's the theoretical limit. You can't get any higher than that. Even with all the improvements we're going to always put into this because of great desire to want to know, it's not possible. We'll always be eaten up by this thing called chaos, chaos theory. <laughs> the system is too nonlinear. It has too many variables, too much uncertainty, and it always invades the system so that you can't predict it at, with accuracy beyond that. In the end, Mother Nature is still in control. Absolutely. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the agricultural world, we have equipment to put the seed in the ground, take it all the way through its growing season, and put it in the bin. I would definitely recommend Ziegler. The equipment they sell and service is amazing. They care about you, they care about your businesses. They're there to help you, and that's their number one job. Whether you're a large farm, small farm, Ziegler has the equipment that's going to take care of you and fit your needs, and the support and people to back it up. Reliability is everything, so that's why I choose Ziegler. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. The busy harvest season creates tremendous stress for farmers, workers, and families. This is John Shutsky, farm safety specialist with the University of Wisconsin at Madison. Because of the heavy dependence on changing conditions, farming is recognized as one of the most stressful occupations in America. It's also one of the most dangerous. During the harvest rush, take time for yourself. You'll be better prepared to handle the crunch time stress if you fuel your body. Eat breakfast and strive for balance when you take those important breaks for lunch and dinner. While it's easy to feel rushed, get plenty of quality sleep. Take time for your family and your friends because one of the best ways to deal with the stress of farming is to talk openly with those who are closest to you. It's also smart to take a little bit of time every week, like on a Sunday afternoon, to think about and plan your week ahead. Write down the critical tasks and goals that you have and plan for the upcoming weather, family activities, and taking care of yourself. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. 
William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. To fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh yeah, Election Day Tuesday. Sure hope that folks are going to plan on taking a little time, get away from the cows for a minute, get off the tractor, the combine, and head into town because your voice definitely matters. Here's another voice that matters this morning. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us with our weather update. You know, today the weather is not going to be used as an excuse to... Uh, uh, stay away from the poles. I mean, uh, we're just kind of drying out in some areas. It sounds like about two and a quarter, two and a half, the most uh, rainfall that's been reported to me. Do you see anybody else that exceeded that, Stu? No, that was pretty much what we saw around here as we wrapped up that kind of wet, windy weekend. Like you say, it's starting to dry out now. The wind really helped quickly yesterday morning for, you know, drying off the driveway and the like. The fields still have some water. We're going to need some drying time there and get a bit of that for the next day or so. And I guess that's better news. There's low pressure, though, that's out to the west, high pressure off to the northeast, that low out to the west, just moving into the western edge of the Dakotas. And how about that? There's a band of snow all the way from Utah up into eastern Idaho and crossing up through Montana up into southern Canada, up on the quite far northern edge of Minnesota. We're going to watch that low move east and a little northeast from its position now out in the western side of the Dakotas. Could actually move on into Minnesota as we head through Wednesday and into the day Thursday. And as it closes in, rain chances become a little more of a possibility. La Crosse, unfortunately, in the western part of the state may even see a little sprinkle here late tonight. A small chance around for tomorrow. And then that chance becoming much greater as we head through Wednesday and on toward Thursday when showers, there could be some thunderstorm activity in the west. I think the strongest weather extends up from southern into far northeast Minnesota, very far southeast, northeast Iowa, very far southeast Minnesota. The cross could be on the edge of that. For the most of us, uh, we're talking a few tenths of an inch of rain, a possibility. Snow, yes, there'll be some. I think far northern Minnesota, far northern Wisconsin may get some snow on Thursday before this system finally pulls away and pushes us over the edge. The temperatures that warm up today, tomorrow, and Thursday drop off quickly, colder than normal by Friday and starting the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. It's convention time for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Today on our Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute, we talk about the convention at Wisconsin Dells at the Chula Vista Resort, December 9th through the 11th, with Danielle Envick, Communications Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. And Danielle, it looks like uh, it's a program that's going to emphasize the whole rural area. Really, we're just focusing on that togetherness. We're excited. We've got a great keynote speaker coming in. We've got Zach Ducheneau, and he is the administrator with the Farm Service Agency at the national level. He's going to be talking a lot about the programs we can be implementing for resiliency on our farms. That theme of resilience is kind of weaving through throughout the weekend. We've got a number of good workshops that we're planning to talk about some dairy policy. We've got farm finances, some different USDA programs we'll be highlighting. And, of course, talking about that 2023 Farm Bill. That's the upcoming Wisconsin Farmers Union Annual Convention, December 9th through the 11th in Wisconsin Dells. All righty, Stu, let's have those details on that forecast. I saw, like you said, temperatures definitely take a nosedive by the end of the week. Yeah, uh, if you can get it done outdoors and tolerate a little breeze now and again, the, the next few days give you that great chance. Let's talk about a fair amount of sunshine today, more of a partly sunny sky in the west, not bad. 
as we make our way in the low or maybe near mid-50s. Southeast winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. More clouds tonight, even that slight rain chance at La Crosse or Mauston toward daybreak. And we don't drop a great deal. Temps hold in the 40s overnight. South winds 5 to 15. That small chance of rain in the west early, partly sunny otherwise. Heading toward the low and mid-60s with the south winds at 5 to 15. Could be a little rain in the west Wednesday night. Thursday, I think we all see it. Partly sunny, breezy, showers, maybe an isolated thunderstorm in the west and south. Temps in the east pushing towards 70, upper 60s west. South winds 10 to 20, gust to 35, become northwest. And the bottom drops out daytime highs in the 30s by Friday, Pam. So be ready for a cool down. At least you don't have a lot of measurable precipitation, though, coming our way. No, it looks to me like, you know, a few tenths of an inch, quarter inch, uh, heavier further to the southwest. Well, you know, it's so long. I can handle the temperatures so, so long as I'm not already sliding and gliding. You know what I mean? Well, head to far northwest Wisconsin. You'd be ready. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. You bet. Stumacher, our ag meteorologist, with the weather details you are or not looking for. Don't forget, folks, take time. Get ready to vote today. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you lonely? Tired of looking for the one the one with industry-leading stock and root strength? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. AgriGold has the perfect seed for your soil and the service that's perfect for your operation. Plan for next season with our extensive portfolio of unique hybrids and find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Do you have farm equipment to sell? Steffes Group is conducting a Janesville area farm equipment auction. This is an open multi-consigner event. If you have farm equipment you would like to consign to this huge event, go to steffesgroup.com right now for more details. Consign your equipment early for maximum exposure. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of this huge Janesville area farm equipment auction. Consign today. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the dairy farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather-tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com experienced electricians come join our family-owned team here's ariel at ever ready we are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program i like the small company feel that family feel if you have a problem you can directly go to the owners firsthand speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees competitive wages great atmosphere great benefits apply at everreadyelectric.net for all your electrical needs we are ever ready while you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up sign up for we davies handyman membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result boycott putting things off W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. When it comes to selecting your seed corn partner, we know you've got a choice to make. At Wiffles Hybrids, we've made a choice too. A choice to remain independent. A choice to remain farm family owned, a choice to stay American. So, when it's time for you to make your choice, make a statement. Plant your independence. Plant Wiffles. They ain't giving it up. Uh, also, Rogers was asked, you know, how do you believe you can turn it around? Here you go. I've been counted out many times in uh, my life, as have many of my teammates, and I hope we just dig deep and find a way. We will truly be underdogs for many games moving forward. Hopefully we can embrace that. We have two games at home. we got to go win those two games in a week, and then this thing looks a little different. Well, clearly the Green Bay Packers are frustrated. I mean, look at this play, listen to some of the things that they say. But how about this? Have you seen more and more Packer players bitching about the artificial turf? Yeah. Because everyone was getting hurt. Been, I mean, every team's been bitching about it all year. I know, but they've they've had this for years. Yeah, and I mean, and like we, to we all, field. yeah, we all know that grass is better, and there's not as many injuries on grass than artificial. We all know that. Yeah, we know that. It's that's been known for years. But to finally all of a sudden see some of the players come out and saying we need to change this artificial turf and blah blah blah. It's like I feel like you're just grasping at straws to bitch at something because you've looked so bad. Yep. Uh, Rogers also asked, you know, now that has worked on offense, what's there left to turn to? And I did mention, you know, we got some home games coming up. They're already underdogs of the Cowboys on Sunday. It was a three and a half or four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, the big Mike and the boys. Here's Rogers on, um, you know, what's going to work at an offense. 
the up-tempo stuff, I think, has been how we've been scoring. So uh, a game like today with uh, 33 going out and 87 going out, 9 going out, you know, we I felt like a tempo was good for us. But uh, we'll see who's healthy next week and what we can do at home. It's going to be slim pickings. Rogers, one more before I get to the phone calls. Hang on. Rogers was asked about his performance. Three interceptions, the fifth time in his career he did so, was pretty abysmal. Well, I mean, I played shitty, but I never gave up. And obviously, I don't want to lead us in rushing. Um, but I knew I was going to have to make some plays in my legs. And that's really the moving forward. I'm going to have to keep doing things like that. But no, I feel like we never gave up. I mean, we moved the ball well in the first half. And I threw a couple picks in the end zone. Took points off the board. So that obviously came back to hurt us down the stretch. I played bleepy, but never gave up. I did see a lot of some of those same Aaron Rodgers haters some oh, of the, like uh, the big Jays that were still upset because remember for the longest time they're like Aaron Rodgers never ever says he plays crappy he blames everybody else yeah and then when he finally says it then they pick apart well then he, did you hear him say he goes I didn't want to lead the team in rushing yeah but, but they left out they left out something did you know what they left out well it's like he clearly never wants to lead the team in rushing no he was so like the Peter Bukowski's who's he's just a this dude wears the biggest clown shoes in the world. Uh, his main objective in life is to just hate on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he'll tell you otherwise, but it's very clear. Rodgers was asked. Rodgers didn't come out to say that he didn't want to lead the team in rushing to have a shot at Matt LaFleur. He was asked by a reporter, Roger or Aaron, you led the team in rushing yards because he had 40. And then Rodgers answered the question. It was an answer to a question, not a vile, uh, thinly veiled shot at Matt LaFleur. So, I mean, you'll go see Peter Bukowski and people like those clowns tweeted out. And then the reporter, because people took the reporter's clip and went, ran with it. So the reporter came back and said, for context, Rodgers was asked if it said something about the intensity of the game that he had to run so many uh, run for so many yards especially with his teammates going out with injury. They leave that part out when they try to paint Rodgers like the villain. Well, like, yeah, and it's in like, in what world does pretty much any quarterback want to lead their team in rushing? Yeah. Like, that's that's not a recipe for success unless your name's like Lamar Jackson <laughs> or maybe Justin Fields here yeah. as of late. All right, we got a bunch of phone calls in here. Uh, we'll start uh, in order. Line one, good morning. Evo, Nelly, what's up, boys? Oh, Gavin. Oh, Ga- Gavin, this this one got you to call in, eh? Evil, what the hell is going on this year, man? <laughs> Gavin, we truly live in bizarre world. You better be careful you know, who you call mashed potato Mike coming up here on Sunday, by the way. I, I was going to say, I just heard you guys say the line. Hey, Nelly, I, I know what your first bet should be for this next weekend. Dallas? With with Dallas and that defense and the way the Packers are rolling right now on offense. Oh, boy. Dallas minus four and a half all day? Well, unless, unless uh, McCarthy... Uh, uh, gets too involved. I can't, I can't see how the Packers are going to put up too many points on Dallas guys, but uh, you know, speaking of hindsight and, and I'm going to preface this by saying I've been the biggest Rogers supporter forever. And I still love the guy, Same. but you know, speaking of hindsight, 2020, how do you think Goody feels about giving that contract extension this last off season to Rogers? Cause he looks, he yeah. looks pretty terrible this year. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I think there's a lot of things Goody Kuntz has to answer for. And one of them, I think he had, he had to give that one to Rogers. 
If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Partly cloudy skies today. The temperatures will be manageable at 53 degrees. Tomorrow we bounce up to 65. Thursday we'll top out at 70 degrees with the possibility of rain, but then Boy, do we turn around fast. Friday, no better than 35. Saturday, no better than 33 degrees. Is the weather influencing our markets? We'll talk about it with John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing. He's our live guest coming up in about 15 minutes. I'm PM Yankee. So glad you're along with us on this, the eighth day of November. On this day, back in 1883, the third state capital collapsed in Madison. They were basically adding the House and Senate wings onto the Capitol, and it all collapsed. It actually killed several construction workers. Happened on this day back in 1883. On this day in 1972, Home Box Office, now known as HBO, became the oldest paid TV channel in the United States. The first program to screen on the channel was Sometimes a Great Notion, a movie with Paul Newman and Henry Fonda. HBO launched on this day back in 1972. Happy birthday to mm, entertaining chef Gordon Ramsay. And can you believe it? It's been two years today since Alex Trebek died. And now you know. Hey, it's time again for us to catch up with our buddies from the Steffes Group. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Of course, you go to that website, you're going to find all kinds of great information on not only sales that are taking place all across the United States, but also give you a little bit more detail if you want to get involved. And that's where I bring in my friend Ashley Hewn from the Steffes Group because we've got a great opportunity for people to get involved with that big consignment sale that's coming up in the Janesville area, Ashley. How are things going there? Still time if I I've got a couple items I want to try to get in. Yeah, we still got a lot of time left, but uh, Jared Hitchens down there, he's been running all over by Madison down to Illinois, looking at equipment, uh, putting together an online sale, which is nice so the farmers don't have to um, pull their big piece somewhere in the middle of town or something like that. So right off the farm. Well, but that's exactly why we need people that might want to consign pieces to get involved and get on the phone today, because if he's going to be taking photos and making sure he's got a correct condition report, he needs to have time to get there, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that way we can tell people ahead of time. As soon as we get pictures, we can put it up on the website, make it searchable. That way people can see it because, we got so much traffic and there's so much um, people that are calling and saying, hey, I need to buy something before the end of the year. <laughs> so if you got a piece that's just, you know, sitting around or you, you bought a new one and you still kept that old thing or whatever it is, tractor or combine, We've never seen a market like this. I agree. I agree. Folks, if you want to have some interesting reading, go to the steffesgroup.com website. One item that I really have been enjoying is taking a look at the top 10 items that sold for by the Steffes Group in the month of October. A lot of the items you'd expect would be bringing pretty good money, but there were some surprises there. Go check it out for yourself, steffesgroup.com. And if you are interested in becoming involved with this consignment auction in December in the Janesville area, please call them right away at 800 726 8609. That's 800 726 8609. And like you said, Ashley, despite all the uh, talk in uh, headlines about interest rates, it is not slowing down uh, farmers that are in the game of producing food. 
uh, it's not slowing them down from investing in what they'll need next year. No, that's true. We still need land. We still need equipment to farm that land. So that hasn't really hurt anything. You know, with the good commodity prices, there's going to be some profitability this year. And that's why things are going so good. Right, right. Now, let's uh, just remind folks again how this process works of an online consignment sale. Uh, that means, that, like you said, big convenience. You don't have to leave the farm. You don't have to leave your home or business to be involved. But if I do want to consign an item, again, uh, remind people what they need to do right now to get those items listed. Yeah, it really just starts with that phone call or that contact us right off the website. Just send us a note, you know, drop a line. The representative will be out talking to you right away, talking about what the sold history of what you have is and that kind of thing, and, and just lay out that process. Like, this is what we need to do first, then we need to clean it up, get pictures, get on the website, and, and your phone number's on there. So then people get to call you and, and talk to you about your piece and ask questions about the history and did you buy it brand new and what was the maintenance like. Get a feel for it before they come look at it. That's what it's all about, folks, connecting you regardless of where you are or where that piece is. The Steffes Group is your connection. Ashley Hewn along with us. Again, remember that uh, consignment sale in the Janesville area coming up in December, but you need to take action today if you've got an item that you would like listed. That toll-free number again, 800 726 8609. Just tell them that the Farm Babe and Ashley talking about that consignment sale you want in. Or you can also get started online with an email or to see how hot this market really is at steffesgroup.com. That's S T E F F E S group.com. Ashley Hewn along with us from the Steffes Group. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Holiday season is upon us, and what better way to show off your creativity than taking those boring round rolls and creating fun, innovative shapes. Rhodes Bacon Serve invites you to participate in their Show Me Your Shape Roll Contest. To enter, submit a photo of a new shape for your dinner rolls, and you could take home a prize pack from Rhodes, including tickets to see Reba McIntyre. Entry deadline is November 18th. Full contest details can be found at MidwestFarmReport.com. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. It seems like it never fails. I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. And sure enough, that next month I get a text or an email from that customer or they call into the office even or even come in. They want to show us their bill and say, look, zero dollars. It's always super exciting to be able to be part of that and have that joy and excitement with a customer. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. So farmers have kept the harvest rolling where they can. According to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, as of Sunday, 55% of our corn across the state had been harvested for grain. The average moisture content in that corn, right around 20%. 79% of our corn crop called good to excellent. 95% of our soybeans have been harvested. 88% of the winter wheat is emerged. And we've been able to get about 59% of our fall tillage already done. While Wisconsin farmers keep moving forward, they cannot deny 
they are using exceptionally expensive diesel to bring the crop in. Is the diesel price going to go down at all anytime soon? It's a question we asked of Jason Schwantz. He's a senior vice president of refined fuel at CHS. During the wintertime, demand usually gets a little slower. I believe prices might come down a little bit. I still don't think this is going to fix our issue of needing more refining capacity. Without investment in refineries, they're just not going to be able to produce more. I think we're going to go into the spring and you're going to see things remain like they are now where they're kind of tight. You have that Russian-Ukraine war going on that is going to cause Europe to need diesel fuel, actually, and gasoline over there. So I think you're going to see some refiners continue to export over there. You're going to continue to see demand in the United States. So I think we're going to, quite frankly, go into the springtime with some of these issues. Jason Schwantz, he's the senior vice president of refined fuels at CHS. He says chances are that things won't change long term when it comes to diesel prices unless there's more investments in refining capacity right here in the United States to amp up our supply. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning have actually been moving around quite a little bit. Dow Jones Industrial Average has gone up. It's gone down. Right now it's up a little bit more than 40 points. December corn is unchanged right now at 675. January soybeans are down three at 1447. December wheat down three, 843 a bushel. Barrel cheese yesterday gained a penny to 198.5. 40-pound block cheese was up two at 203. Double A butter that rallied up nine and three quarter cents to close at two eighty seven a pound. Right now, December milk trading eleven cents lower at twenty thirty six a hundredweight. What's the newsmakers in the marketplace today? We turn to John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He'll join us live in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Are you lonely? Tired of looking for the one? The one with industry-leading stock and root strength? Well, we're here to help you find a soulmate for your soil. Your soil mate. Agrigold has the perfect seed for your soil and the service that's perfect for your operation. Plan for next season with our extensive portfolio of unique hybrids and find your soil mate at chooseagrigold.com. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. 
Times Auto Center. We're the getter picks, get her done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to discuss tomorrow morning. Again, folks, remember it's Election Day, a great opportunity for folks in rural communities to let your voice be heard. I hope you'll take time, jump off that tractor, get out of the combine, leave the cows alone for a little while and get into town. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Penn, is joining us this morning. You know... People do talk a lot about the election, even if it's a midterm situation, John. What are you expecting this to influence in the markets? Obviously, we're always looking at commodities. Yeah, I know our focus is always on the commodity side, but we're talking about the macro picture sometimes. And and uh, that's something that definitely drives where money flow goes and things of that nature. You know, so an election comes into play, you know, what's the market anticipating? And obviously the research or the surveys or the feel of the market is that we are going to make maybe move to the red side uh, to the republican side away from the democrat side the equity markets like that you know typically that's a little bit more pro business and more you know more money investment things of that nature so we may be seeing some of that in the strength in the equity market here recently as the prospects of that happening so a lot of times you can get some you know snap reactions after an election if things come true or don't come true so it just brings a little extra measure of volatility i think that's some of the reason the markets have been so choppy the last couple of days here even be a little bit pressured as some money is moving to certain positions just to kind of take some risk off one way or another yeah and like we said uh we're still kind of focused in on the harvest and thinking that's going to be a major influence on what the trade's talking about this latest uh, crop progress report did you see anything that you uh noted john now, basically, just the pure fact that we're basically done with harvest is where we are. 94% of the beans are out. 88% of the corn is out. You know, so we're getting down to those last bushels here. So most of the product that probably has had to move and into the pipeline because of lack of storage concerns and things of that nature are probably out there um, and already in place. So now the market can start focusing on the demand side of the equation, which, you know, especially for corn, has been very, very disappointing here to start the marketing year. Yeah, you know, one thing that John noted to me in his uh, notes is our demand situation for corn is pretty pathetic, huh? It's basically awful for the start of the marketing year. And it may be a combination of products coming into play there. I'm not mainly focusing on the export side when I say those terms. The domestic demand is still pretty good. I mean, there's need for corn in the Western Corn Belt. That's why the cash market is what it is. And, you know, we're trying to get these bushels shifted from high concentrations to low concentration, basically, uh, within the cash market. But you go look at the export side of things. We got export in, uh, inspections yesterday. Right now, shipments, we're running 27. 77.5% under last year for this time window. It's one of our worst marks in about a decade, at least in terms of bushels getting shipped overseas. And, and sales continue to be lackluster because the price of corn on the global market we were expensive at this time frame. So it's something we really need to keep focused on going forward. The USDA report is coming out on Wednesday, and we're expecting another cut in the export demand, which is just going to add a few more bushels to the pile. And if that trend continues, as tighter corn supply that we you know, have perceived in front of the market, you know, may look a little bit fuller and that could keep a pressure on prices going forward. Yeah. So that begs the question, do I sell it off the combine or hang on to it now? 
you know, the cash market is still very, very strong. I was just actually looking at local basis levels for myself here and, and my, my, my own bushels for our farm. And, you know, you're looking out in the spring. They are demanding corn, okay? The basis levels continue to be friendly going into the spring. Right now, they've pl got plenty of corn in front of us because of that export issue. And we're not getting bushels moved around like we need to. Some of that's, again, still tied to the river flow and the demand for soybeans to get down there. And the corn kind of sits on the waiting side. But so with that, if you're storing the grain to try to take advantage of those, those springtime prices, that friendly basis that's out there, make sure you're still using those put strategies because, again, we just don't know what's going to happen on the black swan event side of it that could really put some pressure on the market. Or if this demand issue continues, you know, prices are going to have a hard time rallying if they keep adding bushels onto the pile. So take advantage of those things now and protect yourself if you're going to hold those bushels in a bin. Let's uh, switch gears just a little bit, talk a little bit about what's going on in the livestock sector. John, anything that's catching your attention there? I hear that beef is cooled just a bit. We've kind of peaked out a little bit here. Seasonality is a little bit of that right now in both the livestock markets. You know, we typically see weakness here into the first of November. That, that's kind of holding true. Now we had a big day yesterday in the hog market and a good jump in that front month cattle market. Some of that might be just some money flow things that we got going on at this time frame. But now typically we see some strength going into the Thanksgiving Day holiday as those retailers are starting to pick up beef and pork products for the, the Christmas or the holiday trade and getting those products boosted. So that gives us a little bit of support in terms of that retail value you know even with that big jump in the hog market yesterday i'm still a little cautious there because we're just not seeing some of the numbers we need to come together to really sustain a good rally but typically though after thanksgiving things kind of peak out at least until the end of the year so kind of be wary of that you know cattle and hog producers that you got an opportunity here maybe to get some more things put together to protect yourself uh then we start figuring out where we are going into 2023 all right you talk about protect yourself let's talk dairy then fluid milk contracts this morning a little bit uh under pressure, I mean, uh, what's going with dairy these days? You know, we had a nice move off those lows here just a few, uh, about a week and a half ago. We put a significant bottom on December, went down to 1850. You know, the market was looking pretty bleak and it just snapped around quickly. Now we got some short covering, popped us back into the 20 mode. Again, cheese started to get some firmness to it again in price. That's probably again tied to that retail trade and the holiday sector coming at us here. You know, so here's our window now. Maybe our range has moved a little bit lower. You know, we we're 22 to 20 for most of the summer into the fall. Now it might be. An 18 and a half to 20 range, you know, the way the markets are acting. So it might be an opportunity here if you want to get some things in. This could be the top of that range point. But again, it's also going to come down to the demand of where products are moving, and, and that demand for cheese is still a key. Yeah. And, you know, here we are sitting uh, mid November. That uh, demand channel might uh, be getting just about full, don't you think? Yeah, we're getting to that stage. We're going to, like I said, we peak things out usually around that Thanksgiving Day holiday with that retail demand for the end of the mm -hmm. year for the Christmas trade. You know, that's could be something, like I said, we're watching here as the market kind of looked like it wanted to peak out a little bit yesterday. Right. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you, John, if they want to talk about any or all of these subjects? Sure. Love to chat with them anytime. Give me a call at 800-334-9779. Shoot me an email, John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. And again, don't forget that website, totalfarmmarketing.com. You know, knowledge is power, so stay on top of things. Feel free to give me a call for a conversation. All right, my friend. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, John. Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg joining us live on a Tuesday morning to put you ahead of the trade. And like he said, uh, we're talking about the election and it, no doubt, regardless of the outcome, is going to be felt in the marketplace. So if you're looking for strategy, now is a good time to make sure you're getting in touch with John. He is available again, 800-334-9779.
or totalfarmmarketing.com. His email, John H at total 